What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. I am Tim Geddes. Today, I am joined by Joey, the movie bros herself, Noel. Hola. And Nick underscore Scarpino. How you doing, Nick? I'm feeling great. How you doing, Tim? I'm good. We also have Kevin on uh, KevCam slash. There he is. Look at him popping up in that little square. Yeah, he's there doing some stuff. He's eating some bacon and eggs right now. And uh, right before the show, he almost died. We all heard it happen. Um, so... I'm, I'm, we're all happy that you're you're still with us, Kev. I'll tell you that much. Does the screencast logo have a red bar around it, Kev? Because that's what I'm seeing on my side. <laughs> cool. All Interesting. right. Interesting. Well, this is the Kind of Funny Screencast. Each and every week here on twitch.tv slash games. We come at you live with all of the movie, TV, and streaming news and opinions that you need to know. Uh, you can watch it later on youtube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. Or if you just want to listen to it, that's cool too. You can just search for Kind of Funny Screencast on your favorite podcast service, and we will speak right into your ear holes. Uh, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash store to check out new cool stuff like the new PS I Love You shirt that Joey is forcing me to pimp out like a cheap slut yeah uh also Damn. It's really nice though i like it a lot it's great it's great i mean I like, it's not a cheap, like, like so not a cheap slut we are we're bougie ass sluts here <laughs> i guess you're right I'm yeah we wear we wear the ps i love you girl, the, the the shirt and the the sweater see <clears throat> that'll be the reveal joey i'll Ooh. wear the sweater next week next week on a show take it off still have the design i've decided to just look at joey's camera from here on out why? Don't look That's at all it. the things in the back. I haven't cleaned. I my just want to see what's room. going on with Joey's room. Joey's got some derm up there on the on the third shelf. I see shelf. that sweet, sweet derm. <laughs> I see that we've we've uh, we've we've cleaned a little from the top uh, up, but vino, there there is. That was a vino. I apologize. <laughs> this is fun. oh my god. Uh, the show is brought to you by our sponsors, but we will tell you about them later because I want to tell you right now about our Patreon producers. You can go to Patreon.com/slash kind of funny to get this show ad free, or you can be a producer just like Mohammed Mohammed, Justin Toft. Das Bear Jew, Blackjack, and Downtown Jarrett Brown. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Um, are we are, are we talking news a little bit beforehand? Because I want to talk oh, yeah. about this series that I just started watching. There's a whole oh, bunch of news, but oh. the same series I'm watching. Um, I started watching Tiger King. Oh, oh yeah. no! Oh, let's man. talk about it now. Go for it. You want to talk about it now? I listened wow. to the podcast, but I haven't watched the show. Dude, it is um, it is wow. weird <laughs> as shit. And I'm in. Joey, how yes. do you feel about quitting kind of funny and starting a big cat sanctuary with me? Now, Tiger Queen before Joey you, Noel, I hate before this. you say yes, <laughs> it's not really a sanctuary. We're just going to breed baby tigers. And then when they and we'll take pictures with them and get Instagram followers uh -huh. and then charge people to also take pictures. But then when they grow up to about 12 months and they become killing machines, they're just mm -hmm. going to accidentally disappear. How does that sound? You know, that's a really great pitch I, it seems like i'm gonna have to move out of san francisco which i'm like pretty attached to so i we think we figure have out how to do it in you guys see the specifically tim's garage that would be great oh we can absolutely put a couple we can put a couple big cats in tim's garage i think i feel like <laughs> we put we, <laughs> i think we put cool greg in charge of them and just see okay. what happens and I see like what kind of amazing twitter gold we get did you guys see the the videos of San Francisco just being completely desolate and there's no one in the streets? And then there's wild. a shit ton of articles about the coyotes that we've been talking about on podcasts forever about Gia being the size of a, a medium dog. Yeah, dude, the coyotes are just owning the streets right now. They're so everywhere. The worst time for Gia to go out on her. Yeah, own for like a oh, exactly. yeah, I would be very scared if I were Gia. I'd I'd bring like some sort of stick 
or mm-hmm. some sort of sharp object to poke them in the eyes with. Have you seen the little vests that they put on dogs with all the spikes so they don't get taken by coyotes? No. Okay. No. They exist. God. They have like all these spikes like by their head and on their back. So clearly we need to get one for Gia. Okay. That's where I thought around. this was going. I thought I was like, <laughs> I hope this is going that we get a little spike vest for Gia. At least I'm a little sure. collar would be nice and some some, some like bracelets. <laughs> so are you them. are you hardwired, Nick? I am hardwired, yes. Okay. You're like really framing. You look a little bit behind sometimes. All right, hold on a second. Mm, mm. We'll be able to deal with it. It's not the end of SeaWorld. But so Tiger King. So wait, Joey. Yes. Hold on a sec. Let me see if I can do this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 100%. That little vesty guy. Great. He looks like a, a Super Mario bad guy. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah. So, Joey, Tiger King, you're saying that uh, you listen to the podcast. What does that yeah. mean? So, there's a, podcra- a podcast called Over My Dead Body um, that was on Wondery. So, they did, like, Dr. Death, which is getting turned into a TV show. And I think Dirty John, which was a Connie Britton, Eric Bana TV show that was on a couple years ago. Um, so they turned this into a podcast, and now it's in a docu-series form, I guess is what you'd call it. On Netflix, yeah. It's the first thing you see when you turn on Netflix. Which and it's, everybody it's and their so, mother has been talking about this and Animal Crossing. It's crazy how like impactful uh, Netflix is, where whatever the first thing is, everybody yeah. is like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. And the next thing you know, it's the big phenomenon. Like They just have that secret sauce, man. Because the trailer auto plays, and that's like what really gets you of like, this is a weird story, and I'm kind of into it. Um, How far into it are you, Nick? I'm like four episodes into it. How many and episodes is it total? I have no idea, and I hope it's not more than like eight, because these, like being in these people's world is starting to fuck with me. And that is, <laughs> um, they're just a little, they're all a little crazy, for sure. For sure, they're crazy. But I also, it's one of those things where I'm like, I, I watch these and I'm like, fine. We're obviously quarantined. We're in our house. I have nothing better to do at night than watch these fucking things. But if I had a real life, I'd be like, why is this not just like a two-part documentary? I don't need to. I think there's that we could have gotten to the to the, to the the gist of this a lot faster. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's How's where D I'm liking at. it? She is not watching it at all. She just <laughs> okay. refuses to. Yeah, she's not doing that at all. Not one bit. I asked her, I was like, do you want to watch a uh, a documentary show about a bunch of people in Florida who uh, breed big cats and collect guns and have mullets? And she was like, that sounds like three of my least favorite things. So she's <laughs> not yeah. going with that. No, that's a hard pass. A seven episodes. Okay. So I think I have like four left, but like they start with, and they just kind of go through the lives of about four different people um three main characters there's like two guys one one i think is in like i want to say oklahoma or one's in florida it doesn't matter they're all in florida as far as i'm concerned um and there's two (laughs) guys two guys are basically yeah they're beefing with this one woman who quote unquote runs a sanctuary where she takes in the, the big animals and like you know they can't go they can't be released into the wild if they were born in captivity so she's kind of doing that but the other guys and then she's trying to get the other two closed because she thinks that they're mistreating animals, which they are. Um, but then it turns out that she's also not really doing a sanctuary at all because she started off by breeding the animals and like everything is just 
fucking it's it's ridiculous like they're all crazy and they're all now at this point trying to kill each other it's great like literally kill each other the humans are trying to kill each other yeah like like there's the, it starts off with one of the guys in jail because he put a murder for hire out on the woman who's trying to stop them from like kill their business it wow. would basically be like if we started beefing with Per schneider and then someone put out a fucking murder for hire on him it's crazy i mean we would never do that with Per. That's what they say in the thing. What do you want from me? <laughs> what do you want from me? Is it weird that Nick talks like Tiger King? <laughs> maybe. Y'all, I'm thinking about growing a mullet out. It's going to be great. This is also pissing me off. Why am I so behind? I don't like this. <laughs> well, while you try to figure that out, let's get into some news here. Um, some good news to start off this stuff. Netflix renewing things left and right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Netflix is doubling down on its reality slate, ordering a new series from Marie Kondo, handing two Ooh. season renewals to Love is Blind, The Circle, and renewing Rhythm and Flow. Big fan of many of these series. I know you are as well, Joey. I am really excited about more episodes of the circle i did see that they put the one that they filmed in argentina it looks like britain britain came up on uh, last night at least when i was scrolling through i don't know if i'm ready for that though i am excited uh yeah i didn't start the one in argentina just because i've been playing so much animal crossing that like i don't think i can multitask playing and reading subtitles (laughs) um but i'm super excited for more of it i kind of am a little bit nervous that now that everybody knows what it is it's gonna it's gonna change i'm Um, okay with that though because this the first season was was what it was and i think that was such an unexpected thing that i'd be okay with that show getting a little juicier and a little more strategic and and yeah people getting a little schemier about it yeah and I guess it's one of those things like all of these reality shows have evolved as people have watched and played the game of like even Survivor right now is all like old. <laughs> oh, there's a new one. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to figure out if it's the camera or if it's my settings and it looks like it's just the camera. Like I don't, this looks better, right? Hello. Yeah. 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 I think it's just this, the, some of the camera settings stuff that I have. I'll figure it out. You guys keep talking about whatever <laughs> weird reality show you're watching. It's not Tiger King. You're fucking up. <laughs> The circle's great. Uh, but uh, yeah, Rhythm and Flow, I only watched the first like set of episodes that they put mm-hmm. out for that one. And I really liked it. And then uh, it was when we were moving. So I, I never got back to it. But this is a enticing reason for us to, to go back and finish that out and gear up for season two. Yeah, this is one that's been on my to watch list forever that I've just never quite made it to. Um, so let me know when you guys do that and I'll come downstairs. <laughs> um, and then uh, Love is Blind is an interesting just because the production on that one was so behind. I'll be interested to see if they just kind of shorten that period or if we won't get it for a while because they filmed the first season of Love is Blind in like 2018. Yeah. Well, I feel like now they've like figured out what the show actually is. Like, I think yeah. that like that was what went on with that show is they recorded it thinking it was going to be one thing. It ended up being something totally different. And now yeah. it's a fucking phenomenon, man. Like people, yes. like it, they did the thing I was just talking about with Tiger King. Like it got the yeah. promotion placement. Next thing you know, everyone's, everyone's on it. Uh, Nick. I want them to kick out Nick Lachey and uh, uh, Vanessa. Vanessa Lachey. Cause they kind what of, happened to Vanessa? there's no, there's no point of them really being there. And I think that Lauren at all. Cameron from the first season should host it. Spoilers, kind of, I guess. It was really awkward, man. Anytime I saw them, I was just like, Vanessa used to be like just top tier human being. And then now was you see her like. VJ? Yeah, she was on TRL. What was her last name before Lachey? Mil- Vanessa Milan? Miliano? Manilo. Like yeah. Manilo. Manilo. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. But then you see her in this and it's like, I've never seen somebody so robotic. 
It's like yeah. you can tell they had to do extra camera shots where it's just her alone in the room and she's just looking straight <laughs> at the camera like, I'm Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, love is blind. It's like, what the fuck happened to you? You used to be so charismatic and fun. I know. But we did get that when... awesome line where Nick is like, and I'm obviously Nick Lachey. <laughs> Dude, Nick, in the beginning, the first episode of the show, they're the host, which the show doesn't even need hosts at all. Right. But they're introducing like the rules of the show to the characters. And they're, they're just like, she's like, yeah, like this is Vanessa Manel. And obviously I'm Nick Lachey. <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like you should. I feel like you should intro yourself from now on. As that. Obviously, I'm if you want to redo the screencast thing, yeah. hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to screencast. I'm here with Nick and Joey, and obviously, I'm Tim Gettys. I, I love it. Fuck dope as fuck. Um, but Nick, I don't remember if you it was you, but I, I think it was. Were you onto the Marie Kondo stuff? I started a little bit down that line. I just, I, 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 I never watched the entire series, but I do, uh, you know, conform to her rules of don't keep anything in your house that's not like you don't 100% need or 100% love, like doesn't bring you joy. And so, as you can see in my room, I only have one denim jacket and a picture from <laughs> last week's KFAF. That's it. I don't keep anything else around me. So it's the new show is going to be called Sparking Joy with okay. Marie Kondo because the last one was tidying up with Marie Kondo. So I feel like I feel like I, don't get me wrong, we all love the Marie Kondo, but how much of it do we really need? You know, like you how much to- of this this little girl do we need telling us how to live our lives and throwing out all of my junk that my wife makes me throw out? How much do we need of this? Uh, I think they're doing the the queer eye thing. What's where, that? Like, they're, I think they're doing the queer, I think, where they're she's going to go to, like, a town and, like, make over, like, multiple people in that town and make over their homes. You get to see the heartwarming stories. I think Isn't that what she thing. did in the first season? Uh, Wasn't she just showing you how to do different things? Oh, no, she did do making over different. Houses. Yeah, I think she went over to people's houses and, like, was like, see that junk drawer? What's in there? And they were like, I have five letter openers. You get to hear these, like, stories about these we'll Double A batteries. All the, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. interpersonal it's, connections. <laughs> It's What's funny up, that you don't like love this show because like you do that to the office like once every three months <laughs> where you go around and it's it's like you know scary every time. Well, well, you know the old saying, Kevin: game hates game. You know you got to just. If she's is... better at it than me. I don't like it. I'm not going to take any cues from her. I'm going to go out my own way. Hold Mind on, you, Nick. My... What's up? We need to do a KFAF bit that's tidying up with Nick Scarpino. That's fucking funny. I'll write that down. I'll put that in the slack. Perfect. I think it was oh, Andy man. that was really on the Marie Kondo train, not Nick. Got it. Well, that, this that is, is perfect. Correct. So here's the bit. We just have Andy walk around his room and have Nick tell him how to clean it. Oh, God. That's so funny. That's pretty funny. Oh, Let's man. Do it. All right. So uh, so moving on, more Netflix renewals. This is uh, breaking news that was just coming in. But uh, Netflix mm-hmm. announces Castlevania Season 4 uh, is going to be a thing that, that's coming. Season 3 just came out like last week, I think, or a week and a half ago. Um, everyone's really loving it. Got a 10 out of 10 from IGN. Wow. Um, and uh, a big part of that was that people were praising it for really setting up a story that everyone's really excited for. So the fact that it got renewed is, is good news for all the fans of that. I still have only seen the first two seasons, so I need to need to jump in. Um, but it's really freaking good. I don't think I watched the second season. I like I remember wa- liking the first few episodes. Yeah. And then kind of falling out of it because they were trying to set up a lot in the first season. Well, there's only jump around four time episodes stuff. in the first season. Yeah. And maybe I finished it then. I must have finished it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was very good, very enjoyable. But yeah, second really kind of like was like, okay, now it's an actual show. So, right. Cool. It's, it's good that we're getting like renewal news now. Like we're actually getting some positive 
good stuff. And uh, I think that a lot of these things, especially on the animated side, can, you can work from home on that type of stuff. And the the reality show stuff, I'm interested they're renewing all of them now because we, they can't shoot them. <laughs> yeah. So Maybe it must just be pre-production and a lot of like looking at people's Instagram for casting. Oh. <laughs> well, for Castlevania, they can absolutely shoot them. They just have to have people working from home, right? For what? If it's an animated series, they can have people. Just yeah, no, that's what home. I was saying. The yeah, Castle, yeah, the Castlevania were good, animated were good, but like these reality shows, it's like we're not seeing these anytime soon. Oh God, no. the Marie Kondo no. or the Circle or although the Circle, I, I feel like the Circle one. I was saying this earlier when when I read the news thing is like super perfect for it. like okay, come to this building, the door's gonna be unlocked, go into this room, great. You know, that's all. <laughs> come to this building. <laughs> circle or a new saw yeah. movie you don't know exactly. you don't know <laughs> if you walk in and there's a, do- a dead body chained to a wall it's still we don't know we're not see, quite man. sure which Let's one it is That's uh, keep it in the the streaming news um i'm also going to chalk this one up to, to good news even though it, it probably isn't going to turn into anything substantial uh disney plus is surveying users about adding more mature content Uh, Disney has a massive library of stuff for older audiences at its disposal. Uh, Shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Firefly have been absent since Disney+. Plus. Uh, Things like Modern Family, How I Met Your Mother, Blackish, Malcolm in the Middle. A lot of the ABC shows that obviously they they own there. I guess technically they don't obviously own that because they own some of the shows. But just being on ABC doesn't mean they own it. Um, But they do own these. And a survey went out asking if parents would be happy with these shows being alongside you know the current slate of disney plus stuff and like i think this is definitely a move in the right direction for for disney plus i'd love to see this i would too and i'm hoping that this maybe will lead to us actually getting that lizzie mcguire series that's like been postponed indefinitely because hillary duff has said that she wants it to be like more mature and wants it to actually be about like a 30 year old in new york or wherever she was based yeah. so hopefully if this goes in the right direction maybe they'll bring back on the showrunner that they had i think maybe fired or let go or had like creative differences with to make the series that they actually wanted to make yeah i'm just saying pulp fiction the series let's just do that that's the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of mature content i want from disney plus right there because i'm watching i'm not coming back to that platform for no lizzie mcguire the the intense series joey i want fucking real drama i'm i'm in for lizzie but yeah it does I'm suck kind of but, in a middle uh, ground nick <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair and, and malcolm in the middle is a good example like it's weird that they have the simpsons but like something like malcolm isn't there because i would put those on similar levels of adult orientation you know what i mean watched either wait say that again sorry I simpsons out. and malcolm in the middle isn't malcolm in the middle still on netflix right now that might be a re- like maybe in the future. Possibly. Yeah, but it, Possibly. I guess we would get a title page that's like coming and give us a date. Unless Whatever the hell. The Malcolm in the Middle date is really far away. But yeah. Like, yeah, Malcolm in the Middle would but be a like great one. They have like 2022 dates on there. It, it might even that's be true. further, Joey. It might even be further. Uh, I don't really. I, my point being, it's more focused on the Simpsons side of things, where it's like, it's weird that that gets okayed for whatever reason. Because Simpsons is definitely traditionally not a kid's thing. No, but it was, but it used to be on basic television. So, I mean, that's going to be, it still has like a rated, well, I don't even know what the TV ratings are, but it would still be a PG rating mm-hmm. for everyone, right? They're not showing nudity and they're not cursing. So that's, that's different than when you say mature content, that's such a broad range, but they're never going to go like HBO Westworld with it, you know, where you're seeing nudity and ultra violence. Sure, I mean, maybe yeah. they will, but that would be, I don't think that's really what where their priority is right now. 
Uh, so I, it's think, on- I think when they want mature, they want like Sabrina, the teenage witch mature. Like that's probably where they're going to, they're going to shoot for where it's like mild sex, but not, and, but no bad stuff, you know, really happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm middle is on Hulu right now, which is, mm-hmm. you know, a platform they own like 60% of, right? Yeah. Gotcha. So that was also, it was a Fox Hulu. property, right? Malcolm in the middle. Yes, I it is. So. Yeah. 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 So yeah, they but- own that shit. Um, the other interesting thing that has been going on is like the X-Men movies have all been popping up on uh, um, Disney Plus in other territories. So mm. it is just it's interesting that like they have different rules in different places. And I wonder if we'll ever see the X-Men line up on our side. Moving on. Um, last week, you guys talked a lot about Wonder Woman potentially being a streaming movie. And now that is very likely not to be the case, at least. As of now, every single week, new things happen and new things change. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 has been pushed back to August. It has a new release date of August 14th, uh, pushed back from June 5th. It's August 14th, 2020 or 2021. 2020. That's so aggressive. It is. They're going to punt that again. uh, What's interesting there is uh, Patty Jenkins put out a tweet, who's the director of it, saying, We made Wonder Woman 1984 for the big screen, and I believe in the power of cinema. In these terrible times when theater owners are struggling, as many are, we're excited to redate our film to August 14th in a theater near you and pray for better times for all by then. I really think that it's an aggressive move to put a date there to, like, maintain the importance of the theater. You know, it's obvious that, like, these directors care about that and care about referring to their films as cinema experiences, you know? No, I mean, definitely they are. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 is, is a blockbuster made for summer cinema's experience. And I don't want to I would rather see it on the big screen as well. But they're talking about potentially pushing out, you know, these shelter in place orders to three months from now, which makes August the idea of like theaters reopening in August. Like, I mean, it's possible, but that is it just seems aggressive that they would want to punt that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get to like June and they go, we're going to punt it into into 2021. Yeah, I totally you know. agree too. It's just and I, 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 in addition to this, in the Heights, the the Lynn Moran, Lynn, Lynn, <laughs> Lynn Manuel Miranda, Miranda. There, uh, movie that also got delayed indefinitely. That's so sad. that's okay. That's that's one of those though that has such a big fan base that you can put, you can put that out whenever. If you're if you're oh. a, a fan of Hamilton or Lynn Manuel Miranda, or if you're a fan of the actual sh- uh, in the Heights uh, Broadway show. You'll you'll wait for that, and it's also probably a lot less of an impact as far as like financially on the studio than a Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Remember, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is like that kind of a movie can make a studio's like Warner Brothers year. Yeah, um, and so yeah, they fucking want to get that out right now. And so, and Patty Jenkins, of course, is I think you're seeing a lot of her. I think she's being very vocal in, in as like a political cue so that they don't try to do something stupid like push this to streaming because I, I know if I were the director of this movie I'd be like no fucking way I'm going to do everything in my power what little power I have to make sure that this movie comes out in theaters and is seen in theaters because that's where that's where as a director you that's what your goal is ultimately mm-hmm. you always want a movie to come out in cinemas I don't care how many people you know produce content for Netflix it's, it's great having that that flexibility and getting the, the product out as soon as possible but there's not a director alive that doesn't want their movie to screen in theaters you know nobody grew up going god I really really want to make a full length 200 million dollar motion picture so people can watch it on their iPhones like they don't want that yeah um an interesting Patty Jenkins news as well she was doing an interview uh I forget with who I just saw this and I I couldn't find the article for this, but she was talking about the Thor Dark World incident where why she didn't direct that. 
And it wasn't for the same reasons we've heard or there have been rumors of for so long. And this kind of reminds me of the New Mutant stuff where there had been so many rumors about reshoots that we all just kind of like assumed that was the case. And then the right. director was like, yo, there have never been reshoots. Like that, that just didn't happen. Uh, the Thor Dark World thing's interesting where she was like, hey, it wasn't so much about the whole uh, Natalie Portman side of things or uh, the female perspective. It was straight up that like I was looking at the script. I'm like, I don't believe in this movie. Like, yeah, it was a shitty movie. I, <laughs> I do not. I, I don't see a way that I can put my stamp on this and, and make it good. And I don't want to do that. And she was like, I don't want to put this off on any other director, but me being a woman, I will get more shit than anyone else if if my name's attached to this. And I was like, that's that's interesting that she was just so straight up about it. It was like, no, this is what it was. I like that though. I mean, yeah. there's no there's nothing wrong with saying I just don't believe in a project, right? It doesn't all have to be politically or social movement motivated. You can just be like, I, I mean, she, and she was right because Thor: The Dark World wasn't that great of a script, and it's a very forgettable Marvel movie. And she went on to make something that I think was a much better product for her, yeah, which was Wonder Woman. Um, and I think she's, I think that's a franchise that, you know, from her perspective, she could look at and just own. And she has, you know, mm-hmm. her along with Gal Gadot. So there you go. Gadot. Uh, moving on to some more changes because of all this coronavirus stuff. Portrait of a Lady on Fire to start streaming on Hulu Friday. I'm what, so excited. I've heard really, really good things about it. It's a uh, French it's, movie, right? Yeah. It's Portrait. the very, uh, artsy. It's like, this woman gets she's a painter gets commissioned to do a portrait of this like seems like maybe kind of royal ish person so she has to do a painting like in secret she can't know so so france 1770 marianne a painter is commissioned to do the wedding portrait of oh my god there's so many different accents on that a young woman (laughs) who has just left the the convent Hella is reluctant bride to be and Mariana must paint her without her knowing. She observes her by day to paint her secretly. Varieties Peter DeBruge called it called it a gorgeous slow burn lesbian romance. Oh fuck yeah. That's it's supposed to be so good. The film was scheduled for later this spring, but was moved up to, you know, because of the theatrical run and all that stuff that began on uh Valentine's Day. So that was cut short. So now coming on uh March twenty seventh. So today. You guys can watch it now. There you go. Joe, I'm going to need your Hulu Hulu. (laughs) login. Then uh, more things like that. Harrison Ford's Call of the World gets an digital release. Oh, Christ. (laughs) So now I I know you're extremely excited about this one, Nick. Oh, I'm so... First off, more Harrison Ford can't be bad, right? Second off, have you seen how the dogs move in this? So lifelike. (laughs) Not not creepy at all. Um, They also are putting out Downhill today as well. Downhill was a black comedy from Searchlight starring Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, Christ. That movie looks terrible, too. It looks so bad. That's the one where they're stuck at a ski resort or something like that. Yeah. It's like, hey, hilarity ensues. Well, now we can watch it. There you, uh, you know what else we can watch earlier than mm. expected? Bad Boys for Life, baby. It's uh, happening March yeah. 31st. Come into digital. Bad Boys for Life is the highest grossing movie of the year so far, earning $204 million in North America. In 2020? Might, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it might, gonna, <laughs> and it might just, do that way. That's awesome. <laughs> it will always have the highest grossing film of 2020. Bad it's Boys like for Life. It's like when Suicide Squad won an Academy Award and they're like, yes, we did them. Doesn't make it a good movie. Um, good for them. I don't necessarily need to want, want to watch this again, but when it comes to HBO, I'll jump back in Bad Boys for In life. a couple of years, you'll, 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 you know, get back on the Bad Boy train. I'll get it. I'll get back into it for sure. Um, something you might want to go to faster. Sonic the Hedgehog 
coming early to digital as well. Um, that one so I'm actually interested in. Where's that coming to? Is March it- 31st, it's just going to be the early digital release. So you will okay. have to, to rent it or buy it. Ugh, I'm not buying it, but I would consider renting <laughs> that. This yeah. is the problem is they, they, they're like, they're, they're doing this shit now where some of the studios are like, for $19.99, you can rent this movie. And I'm like, what the fuck, $19.99, rent it? Well, that's to make up for the, the theater stuff. Yeah, and in some movies that's fine, but for Sonic the fucking Hedgehog, give me a five dollar rental right off the bat. Maybe I'll think about. I maybe I'll know. think about maybe you know, on email. your poor studio a little bit of scrap. You know, they're uh, thinking about it from parents who've been stuck inside with their kids for weeks and are tired of watching Frozen two. It just seems it just seems silly that some movies. I mean, it's kind of arbitrary, and I know they're looking at a cost benefit analysis on it, but like you know, going to like being able to rent Ben Affleck's new movie where he play it's autobiographical about his struggles as a fucking alcoholic basketball coach and that's 1999 to buy and then someone else is like oh you can rent this thing for 1999 i'm like if it's good enough for ben affleck it should be good enough for you i Let don't know man buy the movie I feel like for this makes a lot of sense like well, i'm just saying like I'm, I'm just saying like they need to it's just weird to me that some of them are 20 dollars to rent some of them are 20 dollars to buy like why not just have it 30 dollars to buy 20 dollars to rent call it today yeah like, i'd rather I spend mean, five extra dollars and buy the fucking movie if i'm gonna buy it yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just a lot of, you know, the different movies have their different revenue structures. Of course, like, of course. Especially, yeah. like, the time stuff. And, like, we look at Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Like, that's just straight up going to Hulu. Hulu bought that. So they're making the money there instead of having to yeah. pull a Sonic the Hedgehog. Hulu bought it, like, a year ago. Maybe even longer. But I think they just pushed up the release date. Of yeah. Because, uh, Joey, we're going to talk about this later. But you and I Ooh. did one of the $20 rentals. We okay. watched The Hunt. Oh, was yeah. Interesting. We'll talk about that in a bit, though. <clears throat> I'm into it. Um, so then moving on a little bit, just uh, breezing through some of the last stories here. Uh, Network TV sees a ratings revival amid the coronavirus outbreak, <laughs> but it is not expected to last. And uh, this is from Variety. and They're just kind of talking about how uh, there's a lot more um, kids and teenagers aged 2 to 11 and 12 to 17 as different demographics uh, that are watching more network TV than they have in the last like 20 years <laughs> oh that makes total sense i mean again the kids are stuck at home we have in my apartment complex they've made a little jungle gym in the in the parking lot back because what the hell else are you going to do with these kids i see so many parents when i go for a walk just dragging their children behind them just shut up and do anything else <laughs> other than be in my face kids and again this is why i say this is a, a, pr- a prime example of why you don't have kids always wear condoms don't have children and then you can do whatever the hell you want. Real talk, though, like I have stretched. I'm like desperate to watch something different. Everything just seems so the same. Last night I started watching uh, like uh, th- this show about this guy that lived in deep Alaska on the National Geographic <laughs> channel. And I'm like, all right, this is. And then I started getting like weird anxiety because I was like, is this going to be me one day? Is the whole is coronavirus going to make the entire planet freeze over? And then I got to like every step I take, I got to poke the ground to make sure I don't fall through the ice. Is that where we're at right now? I'm having weird dreams. <laughs> I also had weird dreams. I dreamed that my desk in my room collapsed and I broke a floorboard and Tim and Gio were really mad. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I need to get out of my room. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe go into the living room or go into um into into Tim's amazing uh futuristic Dolby lounge that he's got down there. <laughs> Yeah, it's so beautiful. Look at it. It does look nice. You guys did a good job on that. Thank you. Um, The Walking Dead season 10 finale delayed due to coronavirus. So what they're doing here is uh, there's 16 episodes a season. The 15th episode is just going to be the the end of it. And then the 16th episode is just going to come out as a special later in the year um, Mm -hmm. because they're having post-production issues with it all. And it's just like, wow, this 
that sucks so close to the finish line and it's just like the show's just gonna kind of be like oh. i'm sure all 13 people who are still watching that show are super disappointed <laughs> by it let me say let me spare you uh negan does something great good job no one's and, uh, then in, in addition to that the walking dead show uh the new one that uh about the the kids. oh no uh, no the third one that was uh supposed to come out april 12th or whatever uh is delayed it's a lot of walking dead. Like walking dead universe or some shit like that right uh, they gave it a, an actual name eventually. It's like The Walking Dead, A New World or some shit like that. Um, anyways, so speaking of movie theater stuff, China um, reopened all of its movie theaters because they contained the Rona. And, oh, they um, deloused them all? Yeah. yeah. China hasn't had a reported case in a while, right? So they're kind of starting to come back online. Yeah, so they opened up all, uh, not all, but opened up a bunch of uh, theaters and they've been trying to get, make some money back. Um, so they've been playing uh, a whole bunch of movies, just random movies and like making money, including Coco, Avengers, Avatar, and Harry Potter. And they're just playing them on repeat. So funny. Might as well. I love to see it. At least they were until China moves to reshutter all cinemas nationwide because the government was like, stop, you fucking fucks. What are you doing? <laughs> so they stopped it hilarious. again. Good for them. <laughs> well, um, I mean, look, I mean, that's what, this is a weird time and I don't, I don't, I understand the need and the desperation for you to save your business and go, hey, let's just try something. Let's get people out. Let's do anything. Um, it's just, this is an unparalleled time for, for the entire fucking world. So I'll cut them a little slack on that one, but yeah, maybe wait another month or two yeah. so we open uh, and see. Moving back to our side of the world, uh, U.S. movie theater owners applaud Senate passage of relief package. So uh, they're saying with this aid, movie theaters can get through this crisis, co- this crisis confident in being able to reopen, knowing their vital trained workforce is able to weather the pandemic and have jobs waiting for them when it's safe to reopen. We're grateful for the work of Congress and the administration and those in and out of the entertainment industry who have supported our efforts on behalf of this industry so that it's central to our culture and civic life. And there you go. So that's, pretty that's much. what's going to be the interesting thing about this, right? Is that unlike um, like the last time we had an economic depression where people legitimately were out of work for a long time, it's going to be weird to see if if we can snap out of this in the next couple months because people are, you know, they, they just filed that report yesterday that the unemployment rate was like, it was like 3.28 million people are unemployed now, which is a ridiculous amount. I think for context sake, I think there was like 700,000 people unemployed during the, the depression um, or new unemployed people, I should say. And so it's going to be interesting to see once everyone can start coming back online, where those unemployment rates go. Do they just drop dramatically? Because then, because everyone's either furloughed or unemployed right now, but it's possible when stores open back up, you just hire your workforce back in, right? Is mm-hmm. that the kind of the concept? So that's yeah. how let's let's fingers crossed on that one. That movie theaters just open right back up, and then I can. I like how they call them vitally trained people that work at the movie theaters because last time G and I went for a hot dog, the one was like 20 minutes and it was like that fucking scene in lock stock and two smoking barrels where or not. No. Uh, uh, what the fuck? The other one where he's like, how many, how long, how long for the barbecue? Two minutes Turkish. And then five minutes later, how long? Five minutes Turkish. You said two minutes, five minutes ago, 10 minutes Turkish. They're terrible. I'm just saying you hire, <laughs> you hire 16 year old. You hire 16-year-olds, you get 16-year-olds. Snatch. That movie talking about Snatch. Snatch. Thank you, Kevin. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So anyway, jumping off that, like, you know, we've been talking a lot about how our theater is going to do this over the last couple of weeks. And I feel like, you know, the government stuff, um, while, you know, not what everybody wants, it seems like it is in favor of these theaters and stuff. So there's semi a bright side. Uh, more a story there, though. AMC Theaters uh, furlough CEO and staff as coronavirus pandemic closes cinemas. 
Uh, last week, AMC announced its 634 locations and more than a thousand venues worldwide would indefinitely shutter. Um, all furloughed corporate employees will retain their active employment status, including health benefits. Uh, however, the chain was forced to implement a furlough plan to preserve cash and ensure its circuits can reopen when the world has recovered from the virus. Um, on Tuesday, AMC disclosed that it had borrowed $304 million from two pre-existing credit uh, facilities in March 20th to prepare for all this. So things are happening, and it's not necessarily the end of, of movie theaters, even though I feel mm-hmm. like all of this can change at any any minute. Well, I mean, um, what's going to change is not necessarily any minute. It's how long is everyone here, right? All this stuff is fine and dandy for now, but we might be at the very, very beginning of this shit. If this, yeah. if everyone has to shelter in place for six months, that's going to be, it's going to radically change everything. So yeah. I don't know. Stay at home, wash your hands, eat your vegetables. Yes. I, yeah. Clean them too. I do think it's interesting. They've also said like, Hey, we're, we're separating this amount or we've gotten a loan for this amount. Cause with the furloughs, it's like, okay, so they're going to close all the, they're cutting the, like the cost of staff. Really. It sounds like all they're going to have to be paying for is the like actual location rentals. Rent and stuff. So yeah. hopefully they can, they've done the math to like calculate, you know, as far as they can to see that the AMC, which is the biggest change stays alive. So, yeah. Yeah. To, well, I mean, if they're furloughed also, I think you still have to pay benefits, right? Like they still have health, uh, health yeah, benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so health yeah. benefits. You're right. So that's so health is, benefits, a... and the, which is great because a lot of people are just laying people off right now and they're no, losing their I... health benefits, which in this time could be very, very scary. So I totally good on agree. AMC. Yeah. I think that I think that's that's I, I appreciate that. I see a lot of businesses doing that where it's like we're not laying everyone off. You're just not getting a paycheck, but you will keep those benefits, which I think is super important. Super, super important. Um, and then the last two news stories, uh, breezing through these, these are both kind of based on uh, award seasons of stuff. So TV Academy pushes Emmy's calendar in response to the coronavirus. So essentially the deadline for submissions is moved from to June 5th from May 11th. We'll see if it gets pushed again. Uh, and then the Golden Globes changes film eligibility rules in wake of coronavirus crisis. Blah, blah, blah. Essentially, all the rules about uh, is it in theaters? Is it on theaters? And all the stuff like they're they're changing up the rules. I'm only bringing this up because I think it's interesting of will we see lasting effects from this? Like, will this actually change how the awards are ran in the future? I don't think so. I think this is going to be an exception. And then I think I think the studios and uh, the directors and producers are going to push back on this because you remember like last year, I think it was like two years ago, Spielberg was one of the most outspoken advocates of being like, if it's on fucking TV, it's a TV movie or it's a TV show, right? You, you got to have movies. Um, I, I think you need a lot of a lot of directors like Patty Jenkins coming out and going like, no, let's keep pushing for these movies to come out in theaters. That's a theatrical release. That's a movie. That's what should get an award. And then there should, you know, we'll define the murky territory of the Netflix releases and shit like that. But but places like Netflix and Amazon should, I still think, potentially still be pushed to, to do some sort of limited theatrical release for their movies if they want to be uh, if they want to be uh, included in these award ceremonies just because honestly that, that helps keep theaters alive uh, before we move on to what we've been watching I want to tell you about sponsors ladies and gentlemen it is me undies I'm wearing them right now I actually I always am when I'm wearing underwear at least um, today I'm wearing some nice ones with I'm wearing the sushi ones that uh, Kevin was wearing a couple days ago. Not the same ones Kevin was wearing, but uh, the same print. I like uh, to believe they're the same ones. I like to believe you guys. When Kevin's done with them, you get one more day out of them, and he just passes them over to you. <laughs> hey, to each their own. Uh, but I like all my different prints my to be my own. Uh, you probably heard me undies at the softest undies to ever grace your nether regions, and that's true. 
Uh, they're made with micromodal fabric, and it's fantastic. It feels very nice down there. Uh, Joey just got some MeUndies delivered a couple days ago, right? I did. I'm wearing them right now. They're the elephants. Gotta love it. You'll love to see it. Uh, you know, MeUndies has a great offer for you guys. Any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer, especially because they have 100% satisfaction guarantee. Uh, MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning. Check it out. They also have a membership, so you can get that on the membership. They just send you all the undies that you need. Uh, MeUndies.com slash morning. One more time. MeUndies.com slash morning for 15% off your first order joey mm-hmm. let's talk about the hunt oh man what Get a pitch on it. do you think mm-hmm. this is something d would enjoy because i feel like she would like to see people kill each other right now uh... <laughs> no that's a, that's a hard pass <laughs> I, mean, on that one. I don't know I, I wouldn't recommend it to d specifically but i would recommend it for people to watch <clears throat> maybe not for twenty dollars but if you have multiple people in the house I feel like yeah. $20 kind of makes it worth it. Like we, yeah. it was me, Gia, Cool Greg, and Joey. And it's like, all right, th- this is fine. And I feel sure. like for that, it was fun. It was like, and it was entertaining the entire way through. Yeah. I just feel the, like it didn't the have a clear message. The girl from, the woman from Glow, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I love her. She was great in the entire movie. I feel like the whole cast was was great. Mm-hmm. It just goes in some directions and uh, they use characters in ways that you don't expect watching the trailer. But I feel like the trailer kind of... Um, hyped this up to be something like we've never seen before and it kind of just turns into a very similar premise but that what the the promise of their like we're doing this from a different perspective i just feel like they don't actually commit to that side of it i'm gonna tell you one thing right now this is just an unabashed remake of the jean-claude van damme classic hard target starring jean-claude van damme okay they did it back in the early 90s and if you guys want to watch the original, just go there. I'm pretty sure you could fucking rent it for 50 cents and they'll <laughs> ship you some bubble gum with it. But but so that's the thing is like that's not the point of the movie. Like all that right. stuff. Sure. Like that's what well, it's like doing. It, but it's like a it's a low key commentary on like on like class systems. Right. Uh, like, or Democrats versus conservatives. Yes. Political system? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a political system. And uh, it, it doesn't take the perspective you'd expect it to. Uh, so I feel like that's that is the stuff that is most interesting about the movie, and when that stuff works, it is very cool. But I just feel like by the end of it, you're just like, oh, you didn't actually have an idea for this. You just thought yeah. it'd be cool to get a bunch of people in, like a rich people killing poor people or whatever it is, and call it a day, right? It's are they poor? Like or are they just Democrats? I guess those kind of go. Yeah, it's just you know Democrats. Okay. Uh, yeah, there it was like pretty tense at the beginning. For a while, I was like, because you have no idea what's going to happen. It's like surprisingly graphic. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Betty Gilpin. It's worth it, honestly, Betty just Gilpin. to watch Betty Gilpin. I Betty love Gilpin. her. I, well, I hope so, I want you her to do more. I'm thinking about going back and watching Masters of Sex because I think she's in it as well. I just think she's an awesome actor. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she does. She does great in it. Um, Nick, on the yeah. comedy side of things. Yes. Burt Kreischer's Hey Big Boy. Would you guys watch it? I watched it last night with you. What did you think? It is phenomenal, man. He's I, funny, I, right? I feel like Bert is three for three on his Netflix specials. He Bert's yeah, he might ahead, be the sorry. best consistent one doing it right now. They're just what, so fucking funny. It what's funny is I went and uh my uh one of my brother's friends got us all tickets to go see Bert Kreischer at the Irvine Improv last December, and he was working that hour special. And it was so cool to see because at first I started watching it. This is the first time I've ever actually seen a comic working in, in a full hour on stage and then gone back and watched the special. So at first I was like, Oh man, 
he really likes to start all of his specials off with a shitting his pants joke. And then I realized, oh, no, that's not what wasn't in the last special. I actually <laughs> saw him saw do that. that live. So it was cool to see him do um, some new bits that, that wasn't in the, the stage that I saw or when I saw him live. And then uh, honing the bit with the gun, with mm-hmm. the scope and the flashlight. This was I'm like, dude, this thing is fucking sharp as tack. And dude, also just bur- it just sharp. So- that's what it is, man. He's just so good. You just he's just the kind of guy that you're like, I just want to sit and have a couple cocktails and party with this guy. And that's really what it is on stage. Where he talks, he has that low-key commentary. He's like, people always make fun of me at laughing at my own jokes. Get over it. I'm gonna laugh at my own jokes. Like, this is what I do. I'm having fun on stage with you. It's but fun. but like he doesn't just say that. He then gives such a good example of that as a joke with yes. the whole Starbucks scenario. It's like yes. uh, I, I just Starbucks feel like he to me is killer. It's a perfect special because every single setup to the joke is something I've heard before, but every single punchline is something I've never heard before. And like that's kind of like the greatest thing where it's like familiar but different. Yeah, and, and I think um, he had a lot of bits. I think ultimately, it's one of the 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 first specials I've seen in a long time that just was fun to watch all the way through. And I didn't feel like obviously there's going to be some jokes I laughed at more than others yeah. but ultimately even the jokes that i was like okay this this is kind of going on a little long we're still entertaining and fun whereas my big hot commentary with most specials um is always there's a solid even bill burr's last special i was like there's always like a solid 10 15 minutes where i'm like you gotta just you gotta yeah. trim that out let's 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 do a you know a quick little 45 here then an hour but burt was great and i'm, I'm excited to watch tom segura's special because he too. just dropped to that too yeah um, and good for them those, those are gonna be the one-two punch those guys are two of my favorite comics working today uh, I would watch Bert talk shit about his kids. Dude, ever. his he's so brutal. I and I heard him. I heard him get real on on uh, Rogan's podcast about that one day, where he was like, he was like, my kids are now of the age where, because um, one of his kids obviously he's got an older daughter and a younger daughter, and the, the youngest one is the one he always talks about as being completely stupid. And she, um, she came to him. She was. They were talking one day, and she's like, "Well, you know, Dad always talks about us in the specials." And the older daughter, Georgia, was like, "No, no, Dad doesn't talk about us. Dad makes fun of us." And it finally dawned on the younger daughter, like that his dad, her dad, just talks shit about it's them. So funny. And she was like, "I don't think this is acceptable." But she's the one that calls him big boy. She's like, "Hey, big boy, what yeah. you, <laughs> hey, big boy, what are you doing over there?" So anyway, uh, he told he didn't include one um, one story that he told on stage, but he told a great story of when they went zip lining and one of his daughters like that was in the last special. Was it in the last special? Oh, okay, that maybe was that the, was the second. Maybe one, he yeah. was uh, filling that in with the other stuff. But man, he's just the gun shit was so funny was so funny where his wife's like you can't have you're not going to get an ar-15 he's like absolutely not and then the guy that's selling him the gun on the phone was like oh, i'm ready for you in 15 minutes he's like, yeah, yeah we're gonna need that i want the bump stop too <laughs> i love that he wanted it without bullets though it's like oh, he's, oh, i he's like, actually want to shoot the gun I, he goes, I just i just want to have a cocktail at night and hold my glock that's all i want to do he's like i lost the little thing where you put the bullets in i lost that a long time ago Oh, that's it's so, so funny. But it's funny because you can definitely like there's like a sadness to it. because You're like, this guy's kind of an alcoholic and he's got he's a good dad, but he's just a fucking mess of a human being. I God love bless it, him. Joe, uh, yeah. what, what do you want to talk about here? I want to talk about you're the worst, which I talked about last week, but I've watched more. And this might be one of my favorite TV shows of all time now. Whoa. It's so good. <clears throat> so it's these two like friends from different groups that meet at a wedding and they're both kind of like the shitty friend that like kind of fucks everything up and so they meet and then they like start hooking up and like start a relationship that's not anna kendrick right they did a movie like that table 19 is what you're thinking about that's thank you okay yeah no i mean it's like a 
the prem the overall like very like baseline premise is the same this show is so good every episode is pretty good it has like a similar um like cast ensemble cast vibe as new girl in the sense that like you have all of these side characters that are coming in and out that are funny but it's so it's so well written it's so well acted there's like a one of the main girl's best friend is played by this actress called Kether Donahue and she plays this like really ditzy dumb girl but like in a way that is not super stereotypical and it's really good I just finished season three and season three episode one is probably like top five favorite episodes of tv ever and then season three at the finale like I feel like that whole season is just bookended by like perfect tv episodes and it's so good it's an fx show so it's like a little bit more fun than you would find on like network tv in regards to just like the jokes and stuff that they play off of um so it's really 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 good shit that reminds me i gotta start watching dave i was just about to bring it up dave on fxx you guys this might be one of the all-time greats man we're five episodes in and it just it just keeps hitting i feel like episode four is the one that i'm like that wasn't as funny as the rest it's still so good episode five gia legit cried like this show (laughs) made her cry and then the next morning i wake up and i see john drake tweeting about it and he's like how did it make me cry and it's just fucking out here making people feel things and you're like it's fucking little dicky like how is it possible? He is so good, man. His writing, his delivery, just him just being him. Like, this show is what needed to happen for his life. Dude, you I mean, that's the, to get to, to, to watch this. I know. And I'm glad that you introduced me to him before he was cool. Because now I can be like, I, I discovered that guy a long time ago. I can be like, yeah. I can feel what it feels like to be Tim Gettys. Exactly. Like, I was with Little Dicky when he was Little Dicky, not Dave. Yeah. Wow. Wow. No, I just like that Andrew Santino's blowing up on all this shit. Oh, I mean, he is, he's like in it a lot. And uh, it's, it's, I, I think it, it, you are him. <laughs> like Andrew, Santino, Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee started a podcast about five weeks ago called Bad Friends. And I fucking love that they did that. I love Andrew Santino. I think I'm glad that I just saw him in an episode of, uh, he was in the latest season of Curb Your Enthusiasm as well. I think it's fucking great that he's getting his comeuppance right now because it's, it, he deserves it. Yeah, Nick, you gotta you gotta watch this show. I'm gonna start watching it. I I started watching. I've gone. I'm I'm actually going backward, which is very weird through all the Curb Your Enthusiasms because I realized I don't think I've ever really watched the show. Season nine, I thought was great, and now I'm just kind of going backward and seeing. It's like watching a divorce in reverse, so it's kind of cool. Um, (laughs) But man, this show is so fucked up. It's so fucked up, and I love it so much. Um, we asked you to write into Patreon. Real quick, real quick. Before we go in that, I I, I watched uh, Emma this uh, oh, yeah? on the same like you know the early streaming stuff. Yeah, what would you think? I I really enjoyed it. It is very much uh, like very very much Emma. like Clueless, but like you know, in that uh, everyone's got that fancy British talk, it makes it a little difficult to understand stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Like it's it's cool and interesting. What? I know exactly what you mean, but for a second I thought you meant it's like clueless because everyone talks in fancy British talk. And I'm like, I didn't, does Alicia Silverstone talk like a Brit? No, you're right. It's my wife blew my mind with that. She was like, you know that clueless is ba- is a re- redo of Emma. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what Emma is. Joey, so Joey in my world, for me. 
Yeah, in my world, uh, Emma is a fucking ripoff of Clueless. That's yeah. how it goes, Joe. Uh, but like that led into us then watching Pride and Prejudice, and like, man, it's a very enjoyable movie. It was two really fun movies back to back. It's they're both in the same style. Yeah. So, so you would recommend Emma? Yeah, I mean, if you like Pride and Prejudice, with the two thousand five Kira Knightley one. I can't say that I I can't say that I've seen that one. I feel but like I, I like it. I really Emma do. looks Emma looks cool. Yeah. Like the look yeah. of the movie. Yeah, 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 I like yeah, the yeah. Kind of colors. Yeah. yeah. So Brad, I definitely want to watch it. Those are my two cents there. You can go to patreon.com slash kinda funny to uh answer the question he puts out there for you. Uh last week he asked you to uh let us know how much you would pay to watch some of these movies coming to uh streaming services instead of the theater. Brandon H says, I think $30 is a fair price to pay for day and date. It's more expensive than a ticket, and it makes sense if you're paying for the convenience. Thinking about being in quarantine, the price seems even more fair with less options available. Although, personally, I would prefer to go to the theater for a big blockbuster or an atmospheric film like A Quiet Place. Um, Jacob Meyer says, hi, movie bros. Uh, in the plural sense, not just Joey, but also, oh. hi, Joey. Okay. Uh, anyway, I really liked the discussion you had last week about what movies should cost in lieu of going to theaters. So I brought it up with some of my friends and discussed it with them. Basically, we settled on rent for 20, rent and own for 25 to 30, uh, because 40 is just too much for either. Our thoughts on 25 on the low end to own is that less and less people are buying movies in general, opting for whatever's on streaming apps instead. So if you can tempt them in with only $5 more to own, that's $5 more than the studios would have gotten in the first place. Um, let's see. Nanobiologist says, I'd pay $20 to watch Wonder Woman at home. That seems to be the industry standard now. So why change it for a movie that's several months away? Um, and Josh Nader says AMC A-list, A-list has spoiled me by letting me watch three movies a week for only $20 a month that it's hard to justify spending any more to rent a new movie for only 48 hours. I'd be comfortable spending 15 to 20 to rent a big release like Wonder Woman or Mulan. Otherwise, I'm waiting for them to hit streaming platforms. So there you go. Uh, next week, just keep riding in with what you've been watching in these quarantines. Um, Quarantines. That's amazing. Yeah, I came up with that. Is that what we're, we're calling yeah, you now? <laughs> that's pretty good. pretty good, you guys. Of course. <laughs> like, I, don't know if I'm gonna, I don't think I'm going to get higher than that. Today. No, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> uh, anyways, thank you guys very much for joining us. Uh, we will see you next week.